Well, I'm but this is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Ellen Patnode. Ellen, are you ready to do this? I am. All right, let's go. Ellen is the CEO of Lead Quine. They're an unconventional professional development company providing workshops to help take the blinders off teams. She is the author of I Thought You Knew, Confessions of a Chronic Assumer. Ellen, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. Thanks for having me. So um, personal life, I'm, I'm situated in Michigan. It's kind of at the base of the thumb for people who know their mitten geography. Uh, born and raised in Detroit, big time city girl. Um, married into the country life up here in the rural part of the state. We're a blended family. We've got three kids who are currently 17, 18, and 19, all of whom are off to college this fall. So that's going to be fun. Um, and, uh, my, my wife is from this area. She grew up here in mid Michigan. That's what brought me here. Um, I started this company, oh gosh, 18 years ago. Now I, I kind of got my start in this work as a community organizer. I have a biology degree, but I, I took a couple jobs out of college working in science. It did not work out for me. Um, I, I spent a year in central America working on a reforestation project. And that year was pivotal in helping me understand that all the stuff that kept me there through the crazy of all the adventures had nothing to do with science and everything to do with people and watching them do more than they thought they were capable of doing to just have an impact on their local communities. So I came back to the States, found my way into community organizing and working with communities to help everyday people learn how to stand up and tell their stories in ways that could impact decisions that public officials and other decision makers were making that affected their communities. So uh, I got addicted to that kind of work. I loved it, did it for eight years, and then um, came back to Michigan, started having a family and wanted to come home. And uh, I, uh, the phone started ringing. So I sort of accidentally started this business 18 years ago um, I'm now a certified executive coach, and my time is split pretty evenly between working with individual leaders who want executive coaching and teams who need coaching. So um, that team dynamic is something that's always been really intriguing to me uh, from the work I did as a community organizer. And so I spend a lot of my time thinking about those interactions between teams and how to help make them just a little bit stronger. I love connecting dots and mm -hmm. whether I'm correct or not in my connections, I, I definitely see dots between reforestation efforts. So making sure that, that we can actually grow trees again and what it takes to do that. And then community organizing and working with teams and then helping to essentially do the same thing within an organization. Yeah, I would say it's all definitely been part of the same path. My my current um, offerings of workshops and you know the way that I work, the way that I think about this work and a lot of the material comes directly out of my experience in community organizing. So it's not, it's not exactly a traditional approach to things, but I, I found that in the corporate uh, environment, the conversations we would have in church basements and neighborhood halls was missing. And it was an element of honesty and authenticity and vulnerability that people needed to be talking about in order to really build trust 
um, overcome assumptions and get to the heart of what was breaking down in their communication with each other that was preventing them from having the kinds of effective everyday interactions they were seeking. So it's all been part of the same evolution for sure. And I now feel like after all this time, I've finally found my way home to the niche that I, I enjoy working with and and the, the leaders and companies that are a part of that. It's, it definitely feels really good these days. I feel like you you sort of answered the question that popped into my head. What what is the goal, the purpose of, of, of community organizing? So community organizing is really about uh, in the, the organization that I was doing it in, it was, it's really about helping everyday people take control of the decisions being made in their communities about how their resources are moving around and being spent. So we were, we were mobilizing people that were in congregations, <clears throat> excuse me, in congregations and neighborhood organizations to come together and and leave their doctrinal differences, political differences outside of the door, and really just come together around the common issues that were affecting all of them and hurting all of them as a way to regain some voice in in that decision-making process and uh, contribute differently to the life of their community. It was hugely empowering for them hugely empowering for me and just something magical about that moment of taking somebody walking through their everyday life and helping them build the confidence to stand up and tell that story and watching that story make a difference in how a decision maker uh, decided to vote on an issue was, it just was so amazing and uh, just really life-giving for me and for the people that were involved in it. I just loved every minute of that work and uh, needed to step away to start a family and take a break because it was also incredibly intense. Um, but it's something that I still hold very near and dear to my heart and keep in contact with several of my former organizing colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like that would be rewarding work for sure. And I see parallels between what I assume you are, you are doing <laughs> now, which is helping people uh -huh. to, to, to advocate for themselves and have a better understanding of, hey, what is it that I really want? And as an individual contributor on a team inside of a business, we want to make sure that all the parties feel heard and that they are getting what they feel like they need and they want. And then the company gets what they need and want. Absolutely. hundred percent. And during the pandemic, I everything in my business had to move online, right? Uh, for all of us, that was the, we became a virtual world. And <clears throat> up until that point, all except the one-on-one -on -one individual coaching I was doing was done in person. So when everybody moved online, there was a sense of desperation. I was feeling from managers that I was talking to who were immediately suspicious about what their team members were doing and how they were spending their time and why they wouldn't turn their cameras on and just sort of what was happening with everyone during that just crazy first year when nobody knew what to expect or what was going to happen next. And I just found myself saying over and over again, I think you're making an assumption right now. I'm not sure that's based on actual information. I think it's based on fear. It's based on an assumption. Maybe we should Maybe we should explore that and test that out to find out before you get mad about what you think someone is doing or why they're doing it. Maybe we should test that and see if it's accurate. 
So started writing a couple blog posts about it. I had this huge response from people saying, say more about this. What, like, this is really, this is interesting. I've never really thought about this before. So I started thinking about it more. I started writing about it more. Um, I've always been a writer. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I've got enough stories here. I'm going to put a book together. So I put a book together last year that is like 10 different ways in which assumptions show up and, and hurt us in our everyday interactions, excuse me, in our everyday interactions. And I just thought, um, I thought, you know, there's, there's some lessons that can be drawn out of each of these ways in which assumptions are showing up to help people have a sense of what do you do about it? How do you start to overcome it? And so I released the book last fall and, and it's, it's caught a lot of interesting attention because it isn't something that we necessarily think about. We tend to think in terms of traditional frameworks when we're looking at how to improve things in our business, whether it's culture or relationships or whatever it is we're looking to improve. We're always looking for what's the model, what's the framework that we can step into. And with this, it's really just about just at a much more basic level, navigating your environment that's fully within your control. You control whether you make an assumption or you decide to test it out. You control whether you ask a question or you don't and what kind of a question you ask. And, and if you stop and reflect on an interaction and think, you know what, I don't think I fully understand what was happening there. You have the power to go back and say, you know what, I've been thinking about this. Just wondering if we can talk a little bit more about it because I feel like maybe I didn't have a full picture. All those things are fully within an individual person's control. And when a team starts embracing that conversation, it completely changes the way that people interact with each other. And that can just start with one person deciding they want to ask a question and literally say, you know what, I think I might be making an assumption right now. Let me test that out. Right. So it's just, it's, um, yeah. I think, yeah, it, it, at the heart of so many of our problems today across business and then just society in general and we're engaged in all these different culture wars on so many different levels i think a lot of it probably comes down to assumption a hundred percent you can see it at your dining room table you can hear it at your kitchen counter you can hear it in the local coffee shop and on your team at work. It literally is just one of those things. I think we get moving so fast and we're always thinking ahead. What's the next thing? What's the next meeting? What's my next opportunity to talk? Um, we're moving so fast that I don't think we slow down often enough to just really think about what is it that's happening? Do I have all the information that I need to go on? And then have some courage to ask a question because sometimes that's what it takes. It's not always comfortable or easy to ask those questions, but that doesn't excuse us from having to do it anyway in order to really operate with integrity. If we want to navigate these relationships with integrity, we've got to be willing to be a little bit uncomfortable and to, and to ask questions to clarify our understanding. That is the only way that we get past so many of the barriers that are showing up in our lives personally politically professionally it shows up literally everywhere i feel like uh certainly not me ellen but other people <laughs> have a desire to 
<laughs> to simplify and then categorize and then move on. Um, yes. And recognizing that that is within all of us and asking that question, do I have all the information to accurately gauge what's going on here or to make the decision that I need to make? And then am I able to muster the courage to go back to you and say, hey, Ellen, you know, we had this conversation. I feel like I feel like I, I'm making assumptions or I'm missing some information or I got this part wrong. Can you can you help me clarify this? Absolutely. And that's often just what it takes is a willingness to go back and approach somebody and say, can we talk about this a little bit more? I mean, I think I, I see it showing up in workplaces where, um, you know, there it shows up in in very simple kinds of team interactions where you give someone a set of instructions to get started on a project, give them the thumbs up, you walk away. And then all of a sudden that person is going, wait a second, I don't remember what the first step was, but now they're afraid to ask because they're making an assumption. You assumed they knew how to get started. They're now worried and making an assumption that if they come back and ask you a question that you're going to think you made a bad hire or that they're not smart enough to do the job or that they're somehow less than or incapable. So they make assumptions that prevent them from asking for help or questions. And it can have this snowball effect, right? I see it all the time as well with my DEI uh, counterparts. We talk about the way in which this stuff shows up in terms of projections that we make and assumptions that we make about our, our perspective on an experience is the only perspective and not bothering to take the time to understand or not being willing to listen to someone else's perspective on their own experience and, and validate that because our assumption is that our experience is, is central and the most valid one in the room. So there are so many layers to this. And the thing that I, I think the thing I really enjoy about it is it fits with sort of the general model of how I've always kind of operated in this work is just, it's just one conversation at a time. You have to pick away at bad habits and bad culture and, and relationships that need development. You got to pick away at this stuff one conversation at a time. And this is a very straightforward way in which you can, you can add something to that conversation or extract something from that conversation that takes it to a whole new level. You feel like we are at a point in time where what you've just talked about has never been more important, yet we are either out of practice or lack the ability to have this interpersonal dance. And the stakes are so high because I don't want to hit one of these tripwires. Absolutely. I think that's very true. And I think that I think fear, honestly, is what drives uh, a lot of our unwillingness to step into that. Because in order to build trust, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And there's something very vulnerable about going to another human and saying, I don't think I got that right. Or I'm not sure I fully understand. I don't have the same experience that you do. And I don't really understand. Can you help me understand? Because I'd like to I'd like to learn, right? I'd like to grow. And sometimes there's, you know, there's so much happening. I think social media and uh, the internet in some ways is going to be the demise of our society because we have so much information coming at us all the time. And it, 
And it just feeds into these preconceived notions that we develop and these assumptions that we make uh, in, in all aspects of life. And so it just, it just crowds the narrative even more and it prevents us from being willing to dive into that vulnerability and say, I need some help understanding this. Help me, help me see it from your perspective. Help me get past this assumption that I'm making right now and look at things differently. Good news. I'm hoping, guessing, assuming, but I'm just going to ask <laughs> that when we do have a framework for being able to have these kinds of conversations, which I don't think is terribly hard, but also not necessarily obvious, otherwise we would all have it, and we do start mustering that courage, that things can change fast within an organization. Oh, a hundred percent. I have seen, I've seen, uh, I've seen teams walk into a room to start having these conversations. Everybody, you can see people's guards up. You can see the defensiveness in their body language. You can see the, the ways in which they're a bit uncomfortable. By the end of the conversation, they're relaxed. They're interacting more. They're leaning into each other. Uh, it, you're absolutely right. It, it's not rocket science. <laughs> Nothing that I do is rocket science. It's just about being willing to stop and think, right? So much of this work is about, I think the biggest part of a framework for this is being willing to stop and reflect. How did that interaction go? You know, I tell people, start with a five-minute reflection while you're driving home from work. And if you're working from home, go outside and walk around the block or walk down your street for five minutes and simply ask yourself, what are some things that went great today that I want to make sure I celebrate? What is one thing that did not go how I wanted it to go? And focus in on just one thing, because if we focus on too many things, we're going to dilute the effort. So focus on one thing that you thought, gosh, that just did not end up how I wanted it to. And then identify what could I do differently next time? Whether it's going back to that same person the next day and asking some thoughtful questions or inviting more conversation, or it's saying, you know, when I, if it was like a prospect that didn't end well or something, how can I handle that kind of meeting differently next time so that I can hopefully get a better outcome? It just starts with that, being willing to stop and think about it and then think, what could I do differently? How could I grow and learn from this? What's within my control to do? Maybe it's raising three kids so close together in age that caused us to think that, but we had a poster on our refrigerator for probably 15 years that said, what is within my control? And it was the circles, right? I'm sure you've seen the drawing that uh, things within my control and everything else outside of my control. And maybe from telling three children fighting because they weren't always together, uh, telling them that stuff constantly, or uh, just it has trickled into the work that I do. And I find myself saying that to clients all the time. So much of this is within our control. Do not give away that pen. Write your own story. Be the one that's going to decide how this conversation unfolds. I love it. Talk about physician heal thyself and the real proving ground. <laughs> if you can get 17, 18, or two kids a year apart, three of them, to, uh, <laughs> to, to engage in this kind of work, then you can apply it pretty much anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think. Sure. Thank, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get their copy of I Thought You Knew? 
So they can, if they'd like a signed copy, they can order it through my website, which is leadquine.com. Uh, if they would, or they can find it on any online bookseller, whatever favorite online bookseller they want to go to, they can find it there. Obviously that will not be a signed copy. Um, I've also been told that local bookstores, if they don't carry it, will order it for you. So you can go to your local bookstore and request a copy of it there. Um, best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. That's the platform I tend to spend the most time on in my business. So I'm just my name, Ellen Patnode. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'll make sure you have all those links. Um, occasionally and very inconsistently, I show up on Instagram and Facebook, but, uh, but the, the most content and the most regular, uh, engagement happens on uh, LinkedIn. They also, I'd also send out a newsletter every two weeks. That's just sort of my musings about leadership. And I pick a topic, sort of a blog style thing and, and just tell people about things that are happening. Um, so you can also sign up for my uh, mailing list on my website, if that's something that's interesting too. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed as much as I did, show Ellen your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Ellen Patnode. Um, that's, that's not correct. Do, do not do that. Go to leadquine.com, L-E-A-D-Q-U-I-N-E.com and check out everything that Ellen is working on and get your copy, a signed copy of, I thought you knew, or you can buy that wherever you buy your books. And I'll link that in the notes. And then you can find Ellen on LinkedIn. It's E-L-L-E-N-P-A-T-N-A-U-D-E. And get deeper into the work that we've been talking about today. Thanks again, Ellen. Thank you so much. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.